Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and Kendrick Johnson. And gentlemen, for the next month or so, actually <laughs> even longer than a month, when yeah. this is just in the lead up to the season, it is finally time to start talking football. We have, we have survived the, uh, the dog days of the summer grind here on the podcast, and now it is time to begin previewing the upcoming high school football season. So we got a, let's see, it's a Monday, so a little over a, little over a month until uh, opening night. So over that next month, we are going to go go uh, classification by classification, district by district, just for the ones that we cover, that is, not every single district. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, yeah, I just give y'all a uh, kind of a look at where um, where our respective schools are at heading into the upcoming football season. So today we are going to start over in TAPS, talking some private school action, the Texas Association of Private and Parochial Schools. And, um, you know, you just, you look at, you know, just the recent, uh, the recent history in, uh, in stateside private school football, and it really has been just the Dallas area lording over the tap scene as far as at least the state championships go at least at the division one level for the past 11 years the state championship in TAPS Division One has resided in the Metroplex. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Be it like Fort Worth Nolan in the in the dynasty that they had rolling back in the day to now you've had it, you know, kind of trading hands between Prestonwood and Bishop Dunn and Bishop Lynch. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's... And then, and then two, you got Trinity City Hill now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dion, um, that factory. And, um, and, and oftentimes you'll get a case where you have two Dallas area programs playing for the state championship. So I mentioned... Uh, actually, yeah. Bishop Dunn and so Bishop Lynch. In San Marcos or someplace, yeah. right yeah, like that. So. Last year, Bishop Lynch and Bishop Dunn played the regular season. Bishop Lynch won, mm-hmm. but Bishop Dunn won when it counted, and they won the state title. Yeah. So of those past eleven years that um, the Dallas area program has won the TAPS Division One state championship nine times, has it meant defeating another Dallas area team in the championship game? So this really is the hotbed for the best private school football in the state. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, in order to keep that streak going, you have a couple of these power programs that we just mentioned, and kind of. A a, a strange transfer scene that has uh, kind of been developing here um, within the private school level. Some of the best programs, like we just mentioned, you know, reigning state championship Bishop Dunn, state runner-up Bishop Lynch, uh, Preston Wood. You know, all three of those programs. You know, losing a couple key pieces to um, you know, to the public school level. Um, you know, you look at like Bishop, uh, you know, Bishop Lynch with um, you know, a couple players that I guess will now be transferring to other schools that we cover with uh, with Charles Crawford, their stud running back. And they, you know, he's headed to Mesquite Horn, Play Wyatt. You know, they're two way threat you know he's going he's back to like, McKinney Boyd they're like three or four star players that's what oh, yeah. they're, they're not just players they're dudes that get like people and try to get their services for college I know plays got about 10 offers mm-hmm. I think the Crawford kids about six or seven well and, and that's the thing about uh, you know at the TAPS level they just don't have the depth that public schools do so 
a transfer can make your team. Oh yeah, and a transfer can break your team because if one player does that, make can make that big of a difference if you're a bona fide four or five star mm-hmm. caliber player. And you see that sometimes, you know, just with with the nature of the private schools and, and and how they operate and with the transfer rules and stuff like that. It's just it's crazy how you know things can change from one year to, to the next. I remember watching uh, Mike Mitchell, who was uh, one of the top linebackers in the in the nation back when he he kind of bounced between Plano West and Preston with Christian. There were games of Preston he'd be getting like 25 to 30 tackles a game. I mean, it was just, when you see one of those like blue chip prospects, man, they stand out pretty significantly at the private school level. So, yeah, I mean, those losses for you know for Lynch and then Dunn losing its top running back, um, Jaden Hullaby and his brother, and then um, Preston Wood having their you know top returning running back, Timothy Taylor. He's now at Frisco Reedy. One of their top returning defensive backs, Chase Lowry, is now at Frisco. So, I mean, that's pretty significant losses, especially as we get to when we start talking about these teams, just kind of their trajectory going forward. Forward. What do you think is happening? Because last year it was the opposite. A lot of people were transferring out. You never can tell though, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of situations where a kid might have a falling out with a program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's too late to transfer, and if you're trying, tra- you can't transfer for athletic purposes. Yeah. So if the coach is not going to sign off on it, he's not going to transfer to a public school, but he can go to private school and play right away. That's true. So I mean, that's that's a big consideration mm-hmm. a lot of times with so these. So how many falling out these people got? We got four schools <laughs> with all these blue chippers that haven't fallen out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm Obviously, I'm sure uh, every situation has its own little machinations and whatnot behind it. But um, yeah, nevertheless, it leaves a lot of these schools. Yeah, a lot of these schools in very precarious spots entering uh, entering the season. You know, we can start talking about a team like Prestonwood, which has been you know one of the most consistently dominant programs at the private school level. I'm just fascinated to see how Prestonwood's going to fill out a 22 man starting lineup this season because it is um it is really is unlike uh, unlike they've had in recent years. There are so many holes to replace, and this was even before you know the Timothy. Taylors and the Chase Lowry's of the uh, of the program, you know, transferred to Frisco ISD. I mean, you look across that depth chart. I mean, they're they're locked in at you know offensive tackle with Javon Bouton, who's committed to Navy, one of the top you know tackles in in the state at the private school level. Um, you know, they're they're solid at receiver with uh you know with Riley Wilson, who's a D1 prospect, and Dayton Tony. But beyond that, I mean, there are so many questions about what Prestonwood's going to have, and I'm just I'm not used to being at this traject this point of the offseason and really having this many question marks about that team. Um, I'm interested to see how the quarterback situation kind of fleshes out. They've had, I mean, they've had you know an all-state quarterback, it seems like, forever. Um, you know, this year, though, it looks like it's going to be either Jacob Switzer, with that name, that last name sounds familiar. It is, in fact, what you think. I mean, it's the grandson of, of Barry Switzer, the, the famed Oklahoma and, and Dallas Cowboys coach. You know, Jacob Switzer transferring to Prestonwood from Norman North High School. What are the uh, odds? Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> You know, didn't get a chance to. He wasn't enrolled at the school. Um, he wasn't at the school by uh, you know during the spring, so he didn't get a chance to go through spring ball with the guys. And instead, having to pick up some chemistry with them during seven on seven and just workouts over the summer. Um, as far as what he you know did you know did uh, Norman North, I haven't been able to figure out much. And he injured he injured his ankle last year in week three. That's why. I mean, there just isn't a whole lot out there on him. You know, I know at least the you know the physical profile stacks are pretty well. He's six three, one eighty. But um, as far what as crazy. um, he's going to be a senior. It's either him and then Coach Cunningham. Um, you know, so when I was talking to him over at State Seven on Seven that they have um, an incoming freshman named McGuire Martin, who's also you know got a bit more tenure with the program. He was their eighth grade quarterback last year. You know, could potentially be the future of the program at that position. But another guy who's in the mix for that starting spot. Um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how Preston would you know manage to fill out that roster. You know, Coach Cunningham likened it to uh, you know kind of their uh, the season they had back in 2016 as far as the last time when they were breaking in so many new faces. And if that's I mean. If 
if that's the you know the parallel, then that's you know a pretty good sign for Prestonwood. They went to the state semifinals that year, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's just been. I mean, you look at Prestonwood's history, and it's. I mean, they've been to the semifinal round of the playoffs. I want to say every year up, up until last season, they got bounced in the quarterfinals. Um, but up, that, I mean, that snapped around. I want to say like five or six straight years when they had been in the state semifinals. So that is the expectation for Prestonwood as far as getting to that level, though. I mean, it's lots of lots of questions need to be answered, and they've um, you know they've got a pretty daunting non-district schedule that's going to give them ample opportunity to you know to answer those questions. They start off against Wiley, you know, a team that you know I mean to to immediately be thrown into the fire against a 6A program right out of the chute, a team that went to the playoffs last year at that. I mean, that's no uh, you know no short order. Plus, you've got you know. Uh, you know, Argyle Liberty Christian, who we can get to in a bit, Kendrick. The team that bounced them from the playoffs last year, Houston St. Pius. Always they, they, had that, they had that boot your quarterback though, that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they know yeah, Grant Cannell's graduated, so Where'd he but, go? Did you know? Um Arizona, I think. Yeah. I, I saw him at a at a camp, he can play it. Mm-hmm. He's like six five, two twenty. He, he looks the part. He looks like a he looks like a D one quarterback. And that's the thing about the way that the TAPS uh, schedules are structured because they went ahead and split the uh, you know, the uh, the division one Dallas area programs into two five team districts. You have these teams that still have the six game non district schedule, yeah. which is Way, way too much time to get your questions answered. But nevertheless, um, I mean, Prestonwood needs probably as many tune-ups as they can because that district schedule is <laughs> going to be fairly daunting once again. Um, you know, you, I mean, I mentioned a team like Argyle Liberty Christian Kendrick, which you know the expectations they entered last year with a brand new head coach actually, you know, being able to uh, to lure away Prestonwood's longtime offensive coordinator Stephen Greek. And um, not only do they advance to, I believe it was the semifinal round of the uh, of the Taft State playoffs, but they knock out Prestonwood in doing so. So what is kind of the Read on where um, you know, Liberty Christian's at right now. Liberty's the win district. They went last year from being the biggest, like you said, question mark. Mm-hmm. To, uh, they they picked the win district and make noise. Stephen Greek's son named Daniel Greek supposed to be the real deal. He's I just got nothing saying somebody big six four two twenty five. If you got size and athleticism in the taps, mm-hmm. you can be that guy. <laughs> As Devin knows, mm-hmm. but uh, what helps them back is they got. Seven to eight key top returning players mm-hmm. that can legitimately play off that team that came back from yeah. last year that surprised people. So, but the, we'll see if Coach Greek can do good with expectations because oh, yeah. there was none last year. This year there are expectations. It's a completely different ball game when yeah. you are kind of the uh, the, the hunted and not yeah, the hunter, hunter, so, so to speak. That's gonna be, that's basically they're gonna, gonna be the question of the season. Can they deal with expectations? They got the talent. Mm-hmm. Like I so said, you return six to seven players and two or three of them D one in taps. You got you have a shot. Oh yeah, I mean, so you mentioned you know Daniel Greek. He's a guy who's getting plenty of college looks as well. Plus, they have a defensive back, uh, Colin Gamble, who's got offers from like Notre Dame and yeah, he was Cal, and oh yeah, and he's he's definitely a contributor yeah. to watch it too. And and they got a nice size uh, lineman, Andy Bruchard, at six six two ninety five. That's huge. That helps. Yeah, that's huge in depth. That's huge in D one. I mean, it's six A. Because that is another thing you mentioned, just like how talent can shine much, you know, much brighter at the private school level. So can size. And if you yes. have a six six offensive lineman, that stands out because there are not traditionally too many guys lining up in the trenches that have those kind of uh, measurables um, and then you look at a, you know a team like John Paul the second and John <laughs> is Paul George, is George still there? oh yeah it's his third year and man they've uh, um, 
just like Preston Wood, I'm, I'm fascinated in what John Paul has in store because, you know, ever since Coach T got there, the arrow has been, you know, pointing up. I mean, this is a program that's not that far removed from having lost 33 consecutive games <laughs> over the course of several seasons. Uh, but ever since Teague has, you know, has joined the program, they've, um, you know, they've had, you know, a bit of an influx of talent that has put them a bit more on par with the Preston Woods and the and the Lynches and the Duns. So they do have those Division One prospects that they necessarily didn't have in years past. So basically, they're expected to compete this year. They are, yeah. It's and I'm fascinated to know what that looks like because <laughs> no, seriously, like you know, they were able to you know notch a nice little milestone last year by winning the. You know, they went four and six. Four wins is the most in program history for John Paul. I mean, that's this was literally building a program back from you know the absolute basement of a uh, you know of that Taps district. And it's tough to say because they are in such a good district that maybe if they were in a different one, you know, and not having to go up against you know teams that are competing for state championships every year, maybe it looks a little wow. bit different. But nevertheless, they have a built-in excuse. So basically, they had the the state, the three of the best, three of the top five teams in their district last year. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's absolutely the SEC at taps the the quarter being Justin. <laughs> is this the SEC of taps? Oh yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> and you, but you see, like no, yeah, they 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 haven't won a district ball game since two thousand and eight. Well, and, and not just that though, they were also being beaten by Division Two and Division yeah. Three schools. I mean, Dallas Christian used to play them on a year on a yearly basis. They and, still and, do. Oh yeah, yeah. They but still they, do. And they would routinely just you know take care of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see that uh, that, that Coach Teague is getting that program back. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like you say, it's it's such a heavyweight district, but. Um, it's, it's a it's a huge mountain of scale in terms of just getting up to the talent level that those other programs have, and that's why I'm you know the their game against Dallas Christian last year I was you know anxious to see how they would fare there because you look at their schedule and they open up with Crum and Brook Hill teams that they kind of had their way with last season, and then that third week they run into Dallas Christian they lost by thirty to them last year so it should okay maybe still a little yeah. a little ways to go um you know with what they were able to do because it feels like they've taken a step and you know you, you try to I don't know. I don't know how much you can really draw from seven on seven in the grand scheme of things, but just from a competitiveness standpoint, um, I mean, that's kind of where the uh, this this rebuilding project is really centered on. Is that John Ball has some talent at the skill position players? Jaron Bradley is probably the best receiver in all of Taps for the class of 2021, and a kid who would fit in. Like I, I want to say, I think I remember Coach D telling me that he transferred him to Frisco Lone Star. He would start for Frisco Lone Star. That's the kind of talent that Jaron Bradley is, and a guy who. Shines so bright during seven on seven with the connection that he has with uh, their quarterback Grayson James. Just, I mean, just torturing like UIL six A secondaries routinely. <laughs> I mean, he's a big, he's six, you know, six three, six four, two hundred pounds. I mean, as an affinity for winning jump balls in the red zone, he is an impressive talent. They've got a tight end who's also going to be a Division one prospect, Donovan Johnson. Yeah. And um, you said I mentioned Grace and James. So, you know, they're pretty solid at so running this back. Might be the it's again, like it's <laughs> the stars are aligning. It's there on paper. So you're saying they have a chance. <laughs> it's, but yeah, I'm anxious to know. Like, what is it? Okay, but what does that ultimately mean? Like, because that was one thing. Like they, there were times during you know during seven on seven when they would just lay waste to teams, and they looked great when they were up forty-five to seven or whatever. But then if a team punches them in the mouth, then they kind of you know shell up a little bit. And that was one thing that Coach T really wanted them to kind. 
kind of a, a lesson that had to be learned a little bit at the uh, at the Tap State Seven on Seven tournament when they had a bit of an up and down performance because again adversity. They just had encountered a ton of adversity leading up to state, and that's going to be one thing that's you're obviously going to have to face that head on at some point with the uh, with the schedule that they have. How are they going to handle being punched in the mouth? Because it's a team that again they do have a level of talent that they have not had in years past, but making it all work and getting the kind of the uh, in between the ears intangibles to really kind of work in their favor. Um, it's it is a brand new it's uncharted waters for them because again they have they haven't really had a, a team with this level of talent before and I'm ultimately uh, I'm really excited to see what it ultimately means. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Set to bring it out to D2, uh, yeah. McKinney Christian Academy. They're, they're kind of in the murderer's row that's um, D2. They got to go against the two-time defending state champion, Trinity City Hill. Who, um, my man Devin calls Prime U. <laughs> <laughs> they have like eight or nine D1ers. Oh, yeah, they yeah. Do, no, they yeah they're, they're loaded. And who was the runner up for D1? That's how good you they are. You can make a case that's the best overall private both, school team in the state, regardless of classification. Yeah, like I said, they beat runner up Bishop Lynch last year in, in, in D1. So the division don't mean nothing. They beat, some, they beat a, two 5 eight teams in their non district last year. Like, they're legit. Oh, yeah. So they got that's the t- top of the mound for McKinney Christian. They got Dallas Christian, who Devin knows is always good so mm-hmm. this is their second year as a D2 team they're one of those people that like the numbers if they could slide down to D3 it'd be more of a fit but um, Coach Chance Gray being his second year he'll be calling the plays that'll be him and Cam Minton he's a DB size cornerback and they got a DB size wide receiver and Ford Dorsey who's one of the best all around athletes for he's like a three star which is pretty big for okay. them absolutely and, uh, McKinney Christian so they have a shot, but that schedule in that district is going to be. It's kind of like they're, in a, they're not as bad a position as John Paul because they can beat, beat a team or two, but they're going to have to. Um, well, do and, and it's tough because because Bullerbrook Hill traditionally is, is pretty good, and Tyler Grace Community is also a, a very strong program yeah. mm-hmm. um, here in the last decade or so. So you know, there's only so many playoff berths to go around within a five-team district. Yeah, they're going against the Pac-12 of the of the other tasks. You wonder how because well, last year was McKinney Christian's first, first year at the Division Two level. You wonder and how they much were of state it runner up in D three, so they had just gotten hit in their stride in D three. They've been in the playoffs mm-hmm. and they've gotten better each year. Mm-hmm. Got to the state championship game, but they didn't get moved all oh, yeah. the way out. So they got the rug put up on the. Yeah, under they finally yeah, so they're finally getting their footing at the D three level. And okay, here's the the best private school team in the state. Yeah. Here's Dallas Christian, one of the long-standing uh, juggernauts to, in Tap Division Two. Deion Sanders, who's is a star player on there. Trinity Cedar Hill, we for real. He said that on national TV. <laughs> they are for real, though. <laughs> you wonder how much of a culture shock that might have been, though, for McKinney Christian last year, going up, you know, up a notch into that district, and just the level of competition compared to what they had been seeing at the Division Three level. It had to be just like a completely new landscape. So you wonder if maybe I don't know, getting a, at least having a better idea of what to anticipate there. For they're the definitely going to be competitive. They're, 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 they're a, a school for their, their programs, boys and girls, that they thrive in the role of the underdog and they compete, and that always gives them a chance. Mm-hmm. They're going to bring the lunch pill, not to be cliche, and give themselves a chance. Whether they get the win or loss, that's that's to be determined. But I don't think that other than Trinity Cedar Hill that they're going to be that easy win on the schedule. Mm-hmm.
Um, but as you mentioned, Nick, yes, it, all, all roads kind of go through Cedar Hill, at least as far as Taps Division Two football Tennessee goes. Cedar Hill, they for real. That's okay. the way it's been for the last <laughs> couple of years. If there has been a team that has been positioned as perhaps the best foil to them of any uh, of the ones available at the Division Two level, you can make a case that it's Dallas Christian, given the pedigree of that program. So, what is um, Devin? What is your read on the Chargers right now, and kind of where they're at heading into the season? Yeah, you know, when you talk about perennial powerhouses, and if you talk about private schools, Dallas Christian. I mean, how many schools have won eight state championships? I mean, Dallas Christian is, is, but the last one was in 2008. Yeah. So they've been, and they've been so close in years past. They've had four state runner-up finishes. They've been to the semifinals several times during that span. Uh, And yeah, you know, against uh, Cedar Hill, uh, they've played them closer than any other Division II team. Uh, you know, throughout the, the season, mm-hmm. um, they've come up short, but um, they still. You, you sit there and look at them. You know, I think last year was twenty-seven thirteen, um, something along those lines. And then they go, you know, Cedar Hill into the playoffs, and they just they're boat racing people by forty points yeah. and fifty points. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just so. Um, you know, c- can Dallas Christian, I guess, take that next step and challenge Cedar Hill? We'll see. Um, I think they have um, a, a great chance. Uh, T.J. King is one of the best players in private schools regardless of mm-hmm. classification um, he's an all-state running back he's all-state defensive back rushed for 1500 yards 22 touchdowns uh, excellent receiver and like i say you know as is the case with a lot of these uh, especially at the division two level uh, you know plays both ways so he's basically on the field every snap because he's, he's in special teams yeah. as well um, they're gonna they're breaking a new quarterback so we're gonna have to see how that transition goes but they've got some they've got some talent on the outside some skill pieces um you know, Peyton Beasley, Preston Johnson, R.J. Kennedy, uh, Tyler Winfrey. These are guys that can, you know, they can play in the backfield but also line up on the outside. Um, you know, so so we'll have to see. You know, Dallas Christian basically has averaged nine wins a year, uh, nine wins a season for the last 30 years. So they're going to be right there. Um, again, it's, uh, the, the Cedar Hill challenge is there. Are you trying to play Cedar Hill? Because on the box score, it looks like Cedar Hill jumps out on them and runs in high, and they can't get them. It's like they, well, they start and, off slow and, every and, time they and, play. And see, Dallas no, I'm just going off box scores. I didn't see no play. Dallas Christian has never been a big air it out. We're going to you know throw for 400 yards. They're a you know, smash mouth, grind it out. You know, pound pound the ball. That's why TJ King is such an essential part of that uh, that ground game. But you know, good defense. They, they they're not a high scoring, high octane team. So yes, when a team like Cedar Hill jumps out on them, it's really hard for them to come back because you really don't have that in their playbook. As far as um, just kind of scouring these, uh, you know, Taps Division One, Taps Division Two, what are some of like just kind of the marquee games that I guess we might be anticipating this season? When do when do Dallas Christian and uh, and TC Cedar Hill hook up this season? October twenty fifth. October twenty fifth. So it's so it's, it's relatively late, and um, I'll have to see how the, the the brackets line up in the playoffs. But you know, these teams have met in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, not not last season that Dallas was actually got upset early. Um, but yeah, October twenty fifth, it, it should be probably the de facto district championship game. Um, you know, not taking anything away from Tyler Grace or McKinney Christian or yeah. or, or Burt Hill, um, but that's kind of what everybody's pointing to in terms of you know we had the two time defending state champion. Yeah. Um, you know, Shadur Sanders, uh, Dion's son, you know. He's going to South Carolina, right? <clears throat> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He, he may be. I know, he's just a sophomore. Right? Is he only a sophomore? Wow. 
I thought he was. A, I thought he was committed. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. We don't cover Cedar Hill. I've seen him play at camps and stuff. Um, he jumps off. But yeah. you know, but but you know, Desmond Moultrie is a very good running back over over there. Charles Thompson Jr. Um, on the outside. They just Cedar Hill's got so many weapons and yeah. so many athletes. Like Kendrick was saying earlier, what eight, nine, ten Division One guys. I mean, that's that's incredible for a oh, six yeah. A program, let alone a private that's, school. That's really good for Allen. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's good for the biggest school in the state, let alone. A, a Division II yeah. private school. Yeah, but, um, you know, again, yeah. I, I think, you know, Dallas Christian, um, you know, when they play, again, they played them tougher than any other Division II taps team yeah. has. And I think with that system, uh, the key, like Kendrick said before, is just not to fall behind. Because if they can stay within their game plan, yeah. if they can grind it out and, and play good defense and, and, you know, control the clock and play their style, yeah. I, I think they, they certainly have a chance. It seems like they, they, they let Sea Hill run it hard, and that's. Well, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned. Um, I mean, I, I think I alluded to the game earlier, but I'm. Um, you know, when Jalis Christian plays John Paul in the second week of the season, I want to say it's September 13th. Just again, once again, as kind of being an early litmus test for the Cardinals and just You'll the, be there for the progress that they've made. I don't. I don't know what the, uh, what the rest of the, <laughs> what the rest of the coverage schedule looks like. I. I do think I might be though at the uh, the October 11th game between. And I have not. So despite them being rivals, and I've covered them and all myriad of other sports. I am yet to cover a football game between Preston Wood and John Paul. That might change this year because I'm <laughs> I'm eerily interested in this game, which is which is odd to say. So you seem fascinated. <laughs> I, it's it's odd to say considering that the average first off Preston Woods always they've they're undefeated against John Paul. The average margin of victory in this series though is by 49 points. So I mean a lot of time I mean they beat him by you know, again for all the uh, the strides that you know John Paul made last season. PCA beat him by 70. I mean, so it was 78 to 7. So, like, that's the risky run in this matchup because Preston Wood does not hold back when uh, when Penguin's staring down John Paul. But when you factor in the, uh, just again, the influx of uh, the talent gap is definitely closed for whatever, you know, Preston Wood might have and just proven experience within its coaching staff and just the program in general. The talent gap has, you know, objectively closed between those two programs. So it is not a uh, just a complete wash like it's been in years past. Like I said, I don't know ultimately how much that'll mean when they square off on. A, on a Friday night, but um, with Preston Wood being in kind of a bit of a rebuilding year, you know, it's you know I mentioned just a lot of the uh, you know the question marks that they have just throughout the depth chart. I mean, plus the fact that it sounds like they've got a lot of underclassmen that are fixing to you know step into some pretty significant roles this year. Um, when you couple that with a team like John Paul that appears to be a bit further ahead in its timeline, how does that mean? How does that ultimately line up? Like I said, this is in October, so theoretically, Preston Wood should have answered any questions that it has about its depth and who's going to play where and whatnot, but. I don't know. I think that the signs are pointing to this this year's game being a little bit more competitive than in years past. Ultimately, again, when your average when the average score between these two teams is decided by forty nine points, don't know what more competitive looks like. But I don't know. I'm just from what I've been able to gather about these two teams, I'm a little bit more interested in this game than I have been in years past. Yeah, Seventy one points last year, though. That's a big. That's a lot of the guys who did that damage for Prestonwood are now off playing in college. <laughs> that makes a difference there. Um, let's see. As far as other games, you know, we haven't mentioned um, you know either of these two schools yet. But as far as you know, you think of games that might have a bit riding on them late in the season, a potential playoff berth at stake. That was the case when Frisco Legacy 
Legacy Christian and then Prince of Peace hooked up last year at the I want to say the game was actually played at the Star. Um, Legacy Christian winds up winning, um, and they kind of ran away from that one in the second half. And that's you, know, you mentioned teams that kind of need a uh, like Dallas Christian against Cedar Hill. You need a certain like the game script has to go a certain way to be in your favor. Um, Prince of Peace is one of the uh, is kind of a relic in uh, you know in, in modern day high school football because they um, they are all about I want to say the triple option. It is not a uh, a spread them out just flinging all over the field fifty the times team. a game. Yeah, it's they are a uh, there there were games last year. Where Prince of Peace didn't throw the ball once. <laughs> including, I think, against uh, against Legacy Christian, um, but nevertheless, yes, those two teams, um, you know, a, a nice He's little a nice little rivalry there between those two programs. They play in the last week of the season. If you're looking at that uh, Division Two District One, um, those standings. If um, again, if the Grapevine Faith Christians and the Fort Worth Christians are expected to lord over that district as they will uh, as they will be one to do, it stands to reason that Legacy Christian or Prince of Peace could um, you know could be vying for that last playoff spot to come from that district, and it very well could boil down to that last game of the season. Um, so yeah, I don't know. See how that one shakes out. Let's see. Is there? Have we covered just about everything yeah, that we can yeah, at this? Top to bottom. I think so. I think so. I think so. Awesome. Well, yeah. It's a little uh, cursory look as far as what's in store, at least at the private school level, for our coverage slate for the upcoming football season. Um, we'll be back on Thursday to talk some 4A. So I guess our 4A programs: Argyle, Salina, and Sunnyvale. Let you know what's in store for their respective seasons coming up. Um, hey, appreciate y'all for checking this out, Kendrick and Devin. Appreciate you guys for tagging along, folks. Be keeping join your week and we will talk to y'all later looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area with starlocaljobs.com you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.